Hello and welcome to another episode of Radiance and Resilience. I'm Betty Parker, your host. Many of you may likely be on coronavirus overload. You've been tossed into the unknown, you're confused, you're skeptical, you're frustrated, you're afraid, and a whole gumbo of other emotions. In today's episode, I speak with Dr. Leslie Besselou. She's a clinical psychologist, and we speak about how to manage our emotions at a time when everyone may be in this heightened state of anxiety. I ask her questions like, how do we not flame out in a prolonged state of tension? How do we stay mentally healthy and ride out the uncertainties of the coming days, weeks, and months? And how do we reconcile the dire warnings we hear on TV with the normalcy we experience if we go out into the community? We discuss this and practical actions everyone can take to make it through this rough patch. I hope what you hear in this interview will bring you some peace of mind and a sense of hope. Take a listen. Hello, Dr. Leslie. Hi, Betty Parker. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. How are you? Just fine. All things considered. (laughs) Right? I know. You know what? And I I really do appreciate you taking the time to do this podcast because I think it's um, imperative at this particular point for us to be able to have a conversation about how do we take care of ourselves when we're in the midst of a crisis like this, something that's Mm -hmm. so unprecedented, right? We haven't been this route before. Yeah. So I'm starting to see on social media, you know, people making comments around that, like uh, Mm -hmm. they're already starting to get stir crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, People are struggling with all the folks that extra people that are in the house that normally aren't in the house, Mm i.e. kids, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then just almost just being in one spot, not being able to be as free moving as we need to be. So Mm -hmm. what, how do let's talk a little bit about how do we maintain and preserve our good mental health <laughs> in a time when you know we just feel like we don't have any control mm-hmm. and that's the big thing is and you're right we don't feel as though we have control um so i think in these times it's important to acknowledge what's going on that um things are different <laughs> and we don't know how long they're going to be different and um And I think we need to just be open to having conversations, Mm -hmm. you know, just like what we're doing today. We it's, it's important to, before we jump to how do we manage our uh, feelings and what we need to do, I think it really is important to acknowledge that, you know, we're not feeling very well. Right. Um, And, and yes, you know, we're happy that, you know, you can spend more time with the kids, but before we even get to being able to have, you know, to be happy with that, we've got to acknowledge this doesn't feel right because it's so new. It's so different. There are still so many un- unknowns. And so we're all living with an increased level of anxiety. And so we, we, need to, we need to acknowledge that because acknowledging that does a couple of things. It allows us to know that when we respond or responding in ways that's, that are, um, that's different from the way we usually respond, it's because of the anxiety that we're, we're, we're dealing with. Um, so we're, we're setting forth a context for some of these different behaviors that we're seeing and different behaviors that we're experiencing in ourselves. We're also giving space to teach our, whether it's children, spouses, or whoever is in the home, we're giving them the context for what's different. So it's not just that, okay, people, we have to work from home now, or we may not even be working, but we're, mm-hmm. we're home now. 
we're with kids, um, we have to acknowledge that things are different now. There are a lot of things that I can't answer. We may not be able to tell you when, you know, you'll go back to school. We may not be able to tell you how long we're going to be home. And, then, and that in and of itself is, is troubling. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's really disconcerting. But to be able to talk it through and say, in the meantime, <laughs> we're going to figure this out together. You know, and of course, depending if you're dealing with kids, depending on how old they are, you know, you might need you ha- might have to craft a separate message for them. But if you're dealing with in-laws or extra siblings or what have you to be able to say, hey, you know, we're all figuring this thing out together. Um, you know, I'm sorry if I was a little short with you this morning or I'm sorry if I just retreated to my bedroom. But um, we got to figure this out, you know, so let's start with acknowledging that. We don't feel good about this. We might be scared. Um, there are just too many unknowns right now. Um, so acknowledging, and then we can move towards what are some of the things we can do and that have historically helped us manage these feelings of um, frustration or anxiety or even anger, because sometimes our fears um, show up as anger. That's mm-hmm. how we express it. It's easier to express anger than than fear. Um, so let's start out by labeling our emotions, which I know is difficult for a lot of people. It might just be necessary to start with, I'm feeling some kind of way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I'm feeling some kind of way now. Right. Give me a few minutes. You know, I need to calm myself down and then I can have a conversation with you or then I can apologize or then we can figure out what to do next. Yeah, I think it's so important, too, because um, because of all of the uncertainty, I think it's also okay to be uncertain about how you feel, right? Because yes. it's like, yeah, so much going on and we can't really put, uh, we can't really define it. We we don't mm-hmm. know how far out it's going to go. We've never been, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in this particular area before. Yes. And the hard part is nobody around us knows either, even the so-called experts. Right. So it's really one of those not even one day at a time. It's those mm-hmm. one hour at a time kind of situations. Mm-hmm. And so people just don't know how to react. And we had very little notice in a sense, you know, we, yes. we knew this thing was coming, it's coming in mm-hmm. waves and, it, mm-hmm. and it's coming in uncertain ways, I guess. Mm-hmm. But we, we still, even being told that really had, we don't have any, we don't Guidance. have any history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no history to mm-hmm. say we've been this route before. We know, so what now we know how to act. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You're absolutely right. And that's really, that's really jarring, you know, try, and organizations are struggling because they can't really plan out for the future mm-hmm. um, what's going to happen. I was talking with a coaching client this morning, and that's what she was saying about her organization. It's hard to say, you know, well, things will be different in two weeks or in two months or even, you know, six months from now. And, and how do you manage that? And I got to tell you, I was just driving um, before I got back into my office. Mm-hmm. I can see how people would some, in some ways take this lightly. Now, if you are in the house and you're watching the 24-7 news cycle and you're seeing mm-hmm. all of this, you know, really dramatic news that keeps coming across, you you, you are almost overwhelmed with it mm-hmm. and tired of hearing it. But then at the same time, you can't turn away because you don't want to miss, mm-hmm. you know, the next change that's going to occur. Right. But if you're driving out and you're out in a community, 
it looks like a, a typical day. Mm-hmm. Nothing is different. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to try to pull those two different situations together where there's this real dire situation playing itself out on mm-hmm. in the media. Right. But by the same token, in your real world, mm-hmm. you don't see that. Mm-hmm. So I can see how people would, you know, not trust totally or may seem to be a bit skeptical about is this as big a deal as they make it out to be? It is. And, and, and you're absolutely right. Outside, everything looks normal. Today's what the first day of spring and the weather it's is sunny. wonderful yeah. and we want to be outside. Mm-hmm. But reality, the reality is I, and what I keep saying to myself is, you know, some of the communities across the United States are, you know, how they're being forced to be off of the streets, whether it's in mm-hmm. New York or certain other places. And I just keep thinking at some point it's going to come here. Right. You know, so let's try to figure things out now. Let me see what I can do now to create a a really comfortable place here to, to be able to, you know, create a new routine. Um, let's get comfortable with what's going on now so that when it comes time for us, we know when we get that word that, you know, in South Carolina, they're saying you can't be on the street. So, you know, mm-hmm. like, what are we going to do then? So we'll know what to do then, or at least we'll be a little bit more comfortable. And mm-hmm. I think that and that helps me. And I think that really speaks to this whole idea that um, when we're dealing with uncertainty and unpredictability, our first inclination is to try to control things, is to try to prepare, because that helps us to feel in control. Mm-hmm. And I know that for myself, but I also say, believe that, you know, when we see folks in the grocery stores stocking up on things they really don't need right now, that's also their attempt to prepare for whatever to come, to prepare for the unknown. That's what we do as humans. That's how we regulate our anxiety, especially when we're not getting a lot of information or when the information we receive is inconsistent or contradictory, Mm -hmm. we feel like Mm -hmm. we have to do something that's going to allow us to feel in control. And so over-preparing is a way that we do that. So that's why the whole toilet paper debacle occurred. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the reasons that is one of the reasons for the toilet paper debacle. The other is um, we call it a, social contagion or social fear contagion. And that really does lead to panic buying. So we're out in the stores minding our own business and we see other people stocking up on toilet paper and we tend to think, huh, maybe I should stock up too. Maybe, right. you know, maybe they know something I don't know. So mm-hmm. we don't realize the full extent that we rely on social cues um, and how much that influences our own behavior. But, but I mean, it happens. I mean, you can tell yourself in the store, I've got plenty of toilet paper at home, but they're buying this up. So did they get word that they're running out? You know, is there a possibility? Maybe I need to buy some more, but that's how that begins. And then you add in, as I mentioned before, this whole uh, notion that we're dealing with that, that things are changing on a day-to-day basis. It's unpredictable. It's uncertainty. We don't know what's going on. So we try to make sure we're as prepared as best we can. So 
You know, Leslie, that's what's so interesting to me as I was looking at all of this situation with people doing the panic buying. I bet if you stopped any one of those people and asked them why they were buying, you know, 50 million rolls of toilet paper, they probably couldn't Mm -hmm. have given you a good answer. It's just like Mm -hmm. what you're saying. They saw everybody else doing it, felt, oh, I should be doing this because of a lack of Mm -hmm. information I received, but they must have gotten it. So if they're doing it, I'm going to do it, right? Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. so, so that we can come back to, you know, down to earth and, and get a little <laughs> bit more rational and practical about this thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I, I, I heard you loud and clear that we do need to take the time to talk out how we feel in this situation and uh, mm-hmm. communicate with people um, a, a little bit. I think it's a great time to start. I've talked to people at length that I don't normally get to talk to that often. And, uh, mm-hmm. have, you know, we're all expressing the same things, but it sure makes me feel a whole lot better to have heard from them. They're folks I yes. might be dealing with from afar. You know, they're not totally out mm-hmm. of my life, but we don't normally mm-hmm. take time. But since now people, own, that's all we got is time on our right. hands. Mm-hmm. It's a good time, mm-hmm. I think, to connect with people and try to help assuage some of those fears they may have too. I agree. Yeah. That's a good, that you're absolutely right. So reaching out and use this time period to make that personal phone call so that even they can hear, you know, yes, you are, are, are just as concerned as they are, but at least they can hear that you're not freaking out. Right. It can also be helpful. So they can hear you've got the same types of concerns. You've got the same types of worries, but um, this is what you're doing. And this is how you're going to you're going to cope. Yeah. But I, I think we, we we've got to move back to that. Uh, hearing the voice because we're because of the forced social distancing nowadays and we're, we can't hug like we want to. I mean, that's what worries me mm-hmm. is because I know the importance of touch, right. of hugging people close to you, even of touching them on the arm. And, you know, it just feels so good. And it evokes that that sense of security and connection and and love and we're 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 human beings that need touch Mm -hmm. so because we can't get it I think it's really important for us to make the phone call so at least we're communicating and we're connecting by that voice and we can hear the love through the phone we can hear the concern and then we can respond accordingly um, to whatever cues that we're picking up so you're absolutely right. That's that's very important. To yeah. Hear. And I think the other part is just trying to break away from some of the negative news, too, because, mm-hmm. I mean, it is changing rapidly. But I still think even if you mm-hmm. miss some parts of it, you know, got away from it for a few hours. Hey, you know what? It's going to mm-hmm. be on the six o'clock or six thirty nightly news. So you yes. can catch up on all the day's events <laughs> at that one point yes. rather than watching it constantly, because the other part mm-hmm. that. And then also what re- watch what you read and share on social media, too, because there's a lot of misinformation out there as well. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk a little bit about um, how much is too much, um, because you're right with the 24 cycle of uh, 24 hour news cycle. Um, it, it, we can easily become overwhelmed by all the information. Mm-hmm. And whenever we're dealing with a crisis, you know, whether it was something like a mass shooting or, you know, we've, we've unfortunately had to deal with lots of suicides, you know, in, in, the, in the constant reporting in the news, um, that tends to increase our anxiety as well when there's constant information being um, bombarded through the news media. And so I'm not, I'm not criticizing the news media because people can't always access good news. But what I'm saying is for individuals, 
we don't need to take it in all day mm-hmm. long. And so we really need to create a time period for how we're taking in information. Maybe in the mornings, if you want to find out, you know, what's happened since last night, then do so. You know, listen to your local news, find out what's going on or national, but limit yourself, you know, to just 10, 15 or 20 minutes if you can tolerate Mm -hmm. that. Um, But don't keep the TV on all day to a news station. Because even if it's running in the background, just seeing COVID-19 virus, just seeing breaking news, just hearing them talking about it, is it, you know, seeing that message on the screen and then hearing it in the background, it's still seeping into your consciousness and it can really impact how you're feeling without you even knowing that. Um, I know personally, I tend to um, feel a little jittery sometimes. And so when I'm not sure what's going on and I feel a little restless, I have to think what's going on around mm-hmm. here? You know, was it because of a conversation I just had or, oh, the TV has been on. Mm-hmm. So then I have to really say, okay, well, let me turn the channel and me, you know, find a music channel or something so that I'm making sure that everything in my environment is really conducive to calm and peace. Right. So limit how much information you get. And as you are even talking to other people, um, if they're venting, it's fine. But you also want to limit that time period mm-hmm. too. find a way to switch gears, turn to, you know, you can say, OK, we've talked enough about that. Let's, you know, um, find another topic of conversation. But that's so important and, to be able to monitor how much you're taking in each day. Right, and I just think it's important for us to find ways to keep things moving, you know, because what's happening mm-hmm. is the reality is everything's slowing down. So we're getting mm-hmm. put into this position of, you know, just kind of stagnant uh, behavior or whatever. And so mm-hmm. we got to find a way to keep moving through that in a positive way. So even if it's, oh, I'm yes. going to go out and take a walk. I mean, it's okay to do that. Go out and take a walk. Mm-hmm. Clear your head. It's a beautiful day. Of course, we, we're not going anywhere. Clumps are going to be around groups of people. But one or right. two, you can walk down the street and just kind of talk about yes. something and, you know, look at the beauty of the day and just kind of break away mm-hmm. from some of that stuff. It also helps you to break away from the kitchen, too. Because my goodness, I know I've been eating some things. <laughs> just out of boredom, I've just been eating all kinds yes. of stuff I know I shouldn't. Um, but yes. we have to find ways to still stay active, keep our minds active and our bodies active. Because I'm telling you, you Definitely. can fall into a slump very easily, both mentally and physically, uh, you, you really know, something can. like this. Yeah. Which reminds me that it's important to reestablish some type of routine. Right. So although we're not um, working the way we used to, or maybe some folks, again, are just home and you've got kids there, this is not the time to allow everybody to wake up whenever they want Mm -hmm. to. Kids need routine and they crave routine. So even though, I mean, the kind of the blessing is they don't have to get up at the crack of dawn, you know, to stand in the dark for the school bus, but at least, you know, have them up by seven or eight o'clock, whatever you think is reasonable for your household make sure they eat and then put them on a schedule of doing homework. Mm -hmm. And if you're not sure how to do that, then that's when you can use social media for good and reach out to other parents and say, what kind of schedules, you know, work for your kids between these ages. Mm -hmm. Um, And by the same token, even if you are working for home or just find yourself at home, practice going to bed at a regular time, get up at a regular time every day and put yourself on that Um, schedule for eating and exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, Establishing a sense of routine is really helpful for us psychologically 
because again, it's giving us that sense of control. Yeah. And I mean, you know, another part of this too, you know, I know some people think this is vacation time and it's really not, you know, this is mm-hmm. Uh, um, mm-hmm. uh, an urgent situation and it's so crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like, hurry up and wait. Right. So yeah, right. we got to yes. get things going and we got to take these certain mm-hmm. actions, but by the same token, staying still. And so people might, right. refer, I was talking about eating a lot, but you know, people will take the things mm-hmm. where they go do this. They start doing artificial things. They're popping more pills. They're drinking more. Yes. They're smoking yes. more. I mean, mm-hmm. all those things that can, you, we're trying to avoid, we're trying to stay healthy by avoiding this virus, right. but then we're still doing things mm-hmm. that's damaging our bodies, you know? And, and so people are, I mean, but that speaks to the fact that we're all experiencing an increased level mm-hmm. of stress. And so when we're stressed out, we tend to resort to what has historically helped us, even though it might have been had a uh, negative effect on Mm -hmm. our bodies. And so if you're a smoker, then, you know, you might see yourself smoking more cigarettes than Mm -hmm. usual. If you tend to drink, you may find yourself drinking more than usual. So this is a good opportunity to find other ways to manage Mm -hmm. your stress. So let's try the exercise routine and see if that helps. You mean, if you're not a jogger maybe you can be a walker Mm -hmm. when you feel the stress but that that goes back to what i said at the top of the hour when we were talking about um identifying your emotions notice when you're starting to feel jittery. notice when your body signals that you're not feeling well and that's when that happens think about what you can do to soothe yourself whether it's changing your music talking to a friend that's going to make you laugh talking to someone that you know has a soothing voice or even going out for mm-hmm. a walk, playing some basketball, whatever, whatever you can think of in terms of that's going to get your body moving and maybe distract you from whatever it is that's causing that tension. Mm-hmm. So noticing what's wrong and then figuring out a different way to react instead of eating or relying on the cigarettes or the alcohol. Yeah. Now let me talk about one that might be a little bit of a sensitive topic in, in a sense um, because there are mm-hmm. people who are being almost, and and maybe this is a sense of control thing, I don't know, but there are people out there who are, it, they seem to be acting in defiance. So where they have been guidance mm. around, you know, how not to congregate with more than 10 people, whatever mm-hmm. the deal is, they're going mm-hmm. against that. Sure. They're basically saying, this is no worse than the, the flu. In fact, the flu is worse than anything, you know, blah, blah, the whole thing. Mm. So they justify mm-hmm being able to continue to do what they need to do because they don't see the numbers. However, we know there's more to that story than that. And, and, and I was saying to somebody Absolutely. this morning, I said, well, we shouldn't see the same numbers as the flu because we're trying to do preventive things, not for it to get to Absolutely. that point. So if it That's never gets right. to that, it doesn't mean that this was any less, um, um, uh, I guess, how, what's the word? It wasn't the worst. It wasn't any less as far as being a danger to people. This virus is just mm-hmm. that we took the necessary precautions at the right time to prevent things from getting that bad. So right. we don't take it so lightly. So I mean, you know, go ahead. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It's sad because we are, we are trying to contain it. This is why we're limiting, why we've been told to limit our gatherings. And, and here it may be important for us to reemphasize the sense of community. One of the things that we're trying to do in in social distancing is protect our most vulnerable populations. Mm -hmm. And although, you know, you or I may not be in that category, we know people, we know um, anybody that's elderly. In fact, the the numbers are so low, 60 and above. Well, Mm -hmm. hey, we're not that far, (laughs) you know, not that far. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, but Mm -hmm. still, so 
I can't, I can't adopt the idea. Well, you know, I'm not vulnerable, but then I'm, you know, I live with Mm -hmm. my mom. So, and, and other, you know, you want to think about, you may not live with someone who is in that targeted population, but how about let's be mindful of our neighbors. We don't want to be, be responsible for, for transmitting this to someone who is, has a compromised immune system. Could be your same age. You're not going to be able to look at people and know whether their immune systems are Mm -hmm. compromised. And you don't know whether the person that you're hanging out with, you know, just to get some drinks and have a good time. You don't know if they're going home to Mm -hmm. somebody who is in one of those categories. So this is why we are wanting to do the social distancing. This is why we're saying not to be outdoors in these large groups. So this is a time to get focused on the why, protecting our neighbors, protecting the elderly, your grandparents, um, and even children. We we just don't know enough about how this gets transmitted to folks which is why we're employing these measures. And they may seem drastic, but they're necessary. And in the grand scheme of things, even though we don't know how long it's going to take, it could be a shortened sense of time if we contain it the way we need to, you know? Exactly. So uh, people just need to, I Mm -hmm. think, just kind of comply. But look, so then we have the big old conversation about churches. All right. And this is the one I say Mm -hmm. to go get sensitive because I know we have those who are believers that Mm -hmm. say, okay, we trust God to bring us through this situation. Um, It's Mm -hmm. not, you know, where's your faith? If you think you got to stop having church just because this, this, but don't you believe God is a healer? I mean, all the things that I've heard, they got, they're pulling Mm -hmm. the scriptures and all of this. And then I even saw a man in Mm -hmm. Louisiana, I think they had a church, they had church Tuesday night and they've been told, you know, about no, no more than 10 people for a gathering. Well, he had 300 people. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the police had to come oh, to the church. And basically mm. his thing was, he thinks it's all political and it's a way to shut down mm. religion. So I'm looking at what you're saying in terms of people wow. saying they want to stay in control. Maybe that's his way of being defiant mm-hmm. and saying, no, you're not going to control this situation here with us. Or maybe it's just his faith that he just feels like he's supposed to still continue to move through this because he has such a great faith that nothing is going to touch him and his and his congregation. But I, I, I'm, you know, and a lot of ministers here have grappled with, uh, you know, whether to mm-hmm. have church or not. I think the majority of them have mm-hmm. now decided not to. But, um, you know, right. how do you speak to that so, kind of a situation? Yeah. That, is a, that is a challenge that many ministers are, are grappling with. And I think it also goes back to the greater good. Um, and so, yes, God wants us to assemble together, but at the same point, at the same time, he, he also wants us to use mm-hmm. some wisdom. And we are all supposed to be mindful of protecting our, and loving our brothers mm-hmm. and sisters. So how are we protecting them? How are we maintaining social distance within the church body? How are we making sure that we're not spreading this disease? I mean, that's the critical piece that I think everybody has to ask and answer Mm -hmm. for themselves because we don't want to be responsible for contributing to that, you know, and, and God understands what's going on. (laughs) And so, you know, when he sees us staying Mm -hmm. home and the thing is church is not the only place we can exercise our faith. People have said that for a long time, and, 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 I, and I know that lots of times throughout, even when we don't have this pandemic going on, people stay home. Some folks aren't necessarily mm-hmm. worshiping, but we, you know, mm-hmm. so we, seriously, as, so as a true believer, you know, we can say, okay, I, I personally, I hate the idea of not, not being right. able to assemble 
with fellow believers because I do worship differently when others, you just really mm-hmm. sense um, that connection and that spirit. So we're going to feel that at least I'm going to feel that absence remaining home, but I also feel like it's the right, right. thing to do and that God understands that um, and that he wants us to be wise yeah. and careful. And I mean, they can go to the scripture. I mean, there's a scripture in there that directs us to be, um, to respect the authority figures uh, that we have, you know, government exactly. and all that. Right. And so if, mm-hmm. the, if these people have, these officials have given guidance along we need to you know hear the things out we you can do and cannot do or should or should not do we need to be respected mm-hmm. respectful of those things we yeah do. and i think god mm-hmm. approves and, that, and we know. need to absolutely we need to mm-hmm. be wise you know i think doesn't there's a scripture that says that god is also will also give people power to handle mm-hmm. snakes and Oh, that's th- well, that doesn't and mean we all go right. out and get snakes. Because <laughs> you will get bit. <laughs> we, that's right. right that's right, not right. wisdom. Absolutely. I'm with you on that. So I think we just got to use, like you, you say wisdom. I say, how about some good common sense, right? And uh, obedience. That too. And, 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 be, and, and educate mm-hmm. yourself on what this mm-hmm. virus is. Go to the trusted resources you know, the World Health Organization, the Center for mm-hmm. Disease Control, um, Department of Health and Environmental Control, and read about this, the COVID-19 virus. And because once you read about it and you understand what we do know in terms of how it gets transmitted, then you'll be in a better position to figure out um, and to understand why they're asking us to stay home and that if we're out, make sure it's less yeah. than, you know, 10 people and that we're distant. And I think that's 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 yeah. going to be the key. Well, this thing is vicious and I think we have to take it seriously. And it is not uh, at some point we know it has to come to an end when that is. We don't know, but it will mm-hmm. end. And so right. we just got to be right. ready for it uh, once we're past that point. Right. When we're on the other side, when we come out on mm-hmm. the other side and the best way to do that and get to that end point, I think as quickly as possible is just to be um, uh, obedient to whatever directions we're being given by the experts so that we can get through it as quickly mm-hmm. as we can. So absolutely absolutely and if we could do as much as you can to stay connected Mm -hmm. with other people you know like you and i talked about whether it's by by telephone or whether it's by the virtual connections i love Mm -hmm. zoom you know i you know we've got all of these video Mm -hmm. connections so this is a good opportunity for people to experiment with the different there are many free web conferencing Mm -hmm. platforms so Connect with people differently and, and find a way to see them while you talk to them. Sure, they got FaceTime on the phone. So they do a lot of that anyway. You just right. pop that up, uh, you know, and check in with your loved mm-hmm. ones and your friends and coworkers and whatever. But there are ways, you're <laughs> right, there are definitely ways for us to be in touch. So I just wanted to make sure everybody had a chance to kind of think through and, and heed some of uh, mm-hmm. the advice from somebody who's an expert like you around mental health so that we can just mm-hmm. kind of put into practice some better ways um, of getting through these next several days and even weeks. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and if, and if people are finding that they are struggling um, with managing symptoms of anxiety, um, because unfortunately, if you've had a history of anxiety, problems with anxiety, problems with mm-hmm. depression or any type of trauma, times like these yeah. can exacerbate it and bring them up. And it may be a bit more difficult to cope. So by all means, means contact your service provider. Um, many agencies are making provisions to provide tele- mm-hmm. telehealth um, therapy via um, the video 
um, platforms. In fact, I've got a session coming up with a client Good. shortly, but we're doing all of that and we're making it easier for people to communicate with their service providers so that you don't have to go um, yeah. in person. So look, look up those services and take advantage of those if, it's, if, you feel like, if you feel that it's necessary. And even if you're not sure, go ahead and make a phone call and, and see what okay. your options good are. Good advice, good advice. And I would only expect that from you. So I thank you <laughs> for taking time out of your really busy schedule to uh, help people through this, this uh, trying time. Absolutely. And um, we will check back in with you, hopefully on the other side of this thing, when we have nothing but good news to share, because we will have come out of it successfully. Excellent. It was my pleasure. Thank you for oh, having me. Oh, you're welcome. Jenny. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye.